Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 162, Talking Turkey with Jeff Buds. And I am your host and the guy who had an awesome Thanksgiving and the guy that hopes that you guys... Had an awesome Thanksgiving as well. So today we are 105 days, 10 hours, 41 minutes and 45 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I had kind of a whirlwind weekend last weekend. And the Friday after Thanksgiving, I loaded up, went down to my hunting camp in southwest Alabama. Had a good time down there. I didn't kill anything this weekend, but I did see several deer, all of them does, and I've got a bunch of meat in the freezer already, so I didn't shoot any more deer. I killed two the first weekend and decided until I need to, I'm not going to shoot anymore unless it's a wall hanger. I got back from the camp, loaded up, and then went to Central Florida to meet with Jeff Buds, whom you guys probably remember from episode number 86. Chasing the Grand Slam, and you probably recognize Jeff as being the Grand Slam record holder, meaning he's got more than anyone else, and one of the few hunters to have completed a Super Slam, which is killing a turkey in all 49 states that have turkeys. So like I said, Sunday I packed up, drove to Atlanta, hopped on an 8 p.m. flight to Orlando, I arrived in Orlando around 9.30, jumped in a rental, and I arrived at Casa de Buds around midnight. So I spent the next day and a half with Jeff talking turkeys and turkey hunting with him and working on a little project with him as well. So before I finished up with Jeff, I asked him to do a quick interview with me to share how his 2017 spring turkey season turned out. Well, here's Jeff Buds, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, so I'm here with Jeff Buds, and I've spent the past day and a half with Jeff working on a little project for turkey hunting that I think can probably help all of us have a little bit more success this spring, and I'll be talking a little bit more in depth about that in the not-too-distant future, but Jeff and I have had some great conversations over the past day and a half, and I've had talked to him before, kind of catching up with him like I've done with a lot of the other guys that have been on the show to ask them about their spring 2017 season. And so I wanted to just get Jeff on here, 
have him kind of fill us in on how his season went for the spring of 2017. And he is not through in 2017. He's already, I think, killed a couple of fall birds. He's got a couple more on the radar screen coming up pretty soon. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But Jeff, thanks for taking time out over the past day and a half to spend with me and work on this little project together. And tell me, how was the spring of 2017 for you and your clients? Spring of 2017. It's been a great year, banner year. We took 88 Osceolas, had two folks leave without a bird, which bums me out, but those two guys had five shots between them under 30 yards. So they need brutal. a better outfitter. They need a better guy. Brutal. brutal. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I've been doing this, I've been guiding down here for Osceolas, and I first started my first season, I think we did 11 birds, and and eight years ago, whatever, something like that. And each year I've built up and I went from last year of 40 some to this year to 80 some and, and so doubled. And every year I've done it, I've never had 100%, which just kills me. And other people say, oh, 150% success rate. I mean, what does that mean, really? You know, I mean, come on, you either got them or you didn't. One guy got two birds, okay. Anyway, so, but know that we had a great year. The birds down here, they act really, really well all throughout the season, other than, you know, Easterns where you hunt. And gosh, I, I, I'd hate to make a living hunting Easterns. But uh, the Ossos did great. Uh, had a great year on the road, went to the World Turkey Hunting Championships again, and unfortunately got fourth place, and oh my gosh, it's it's on for next year, 2018, it's on, we're nothing but gold. But I can't complain, 16 birds myself so far, my wife and I just got back from Tennessee a month ago, and we've doubled twice on birds, three days of hunting, we had a great time. She loves it just as as much as I do. Well, she hangs out with me as much, but that's awesome to have everybody, somebody else with you. And I still have my two fall Osceolas. I go back to Illinois for Christmas, and we're going to chase some birds with stick and string. So we'll shoot a few more Easterns and a couple more Osceolas, end up with uh, another four Grand Slams, finishing out the year with 97 Grand Slams. I'm pretty excited to... You know, my bucket list and saying 100 has been on the radar and the horizon for for as long as I've been doing Grand Slams. And I, I, I don't know why 100 just stuck in my head, but I've said forever I wanted to get to 100. And so the fall of next year will be the 100th, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. So when you mark 100 off the list, have you given sat down and given any thought to what's next for Jeff Buds as far as turkey hunting accomplishments? Oh, yeah. It's real easy. 104, 108, 112, 116. You get the point. I mean, everybody says that, and it's real easy for me because it's my living guiding Osceolas, and really you, you don't ask somebody how many Grand Slams they have. Ask them how many Osceolas they have, and that will tell you how many Grand Slams. So because I literally have turkeys in my backyard, the bad news is for me, it's really not, and I have so much property and so many birds. It used to be when I lived up north, I would just, it would be Mecca, like my thin place to come to Florida. And back then you could actually get away from technology and I wouldn't leave until I got my two birds in the spring and two birds in the fall. But now because they're my back door and I have them all over and it's, I, sometimes I'm in jeans or a, 
work shirt. And I say, okay, I'm going to go get my bird. Honey, I'll be, I'm going to leave in the morning early. I'm going to get back and, or I'm going to go get my bird. I'm going to go. I mean, it's, it's rare. The only reason why maybe I'm, I'm been chasing them to make it tougher. I've been chasing birds with different gauges, different weapons. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, at 10, some different grand slams with 10, some different eight or 10 different weapons. 410 has been the, honestly, it was, it was great. And they make an incredible load that 410. But um, to answer your question, I, turkey hunting is my blood. If I didn't turn in another record, if I didn't take another picture, if there was a nuclear holocaust and I just had to stay in Florida, there are a lot of birds around here and I would chase mm-hmm. birds for the whole spring and, and have a blast. Yeah. So you've killed birds with a 410 already. Yeah. Grand slam with a 410, with a 16 gauge, 28 gauge, 16 gauge, 20 gauge, 12 gauge. using hand loads? No. Nope. Loads that you nope. shot yourself? All factory. Shot? All, All factory, factory loads. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Right. Use a lot of heavy shot. Yeah. What's the, the guys that are make commercially doing the, the heavy shot now? Um, the tungsten is the TSS is the, the big TSS, thing the I'm new sorry. stuff yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know that, but I do know that somebody's selling that now and it's just okay. wicked okay but I haven't shot it I haven't had it I haven't had it hand loaded I, I I I've always had had good stuff with the heavy shot and the the that federal third degree you know those are probably the leaders up there besides the TSS and now it's starting to be commercial it's still pricey yeah but you know you and I uh, and probably the listeners, we spend a lot of money, and people want to balk at ten or fifteen dollars a shell when they spend two hundred dollars for a license, when they spend three hundred and fifty dollars for a flight, when they spend five hundred dollars on a four wheel drive rental for the week, on hotels, on food, on gear, on everything. The least expensive and most important thing is that ammunition. And you're going to question, and hopefully you spend more and you only shoot once. Yeah. So. And that's the thing is so many guys hunt a state where they get one bird and they don't ever care to leave their home state to hunt. So they're going to typically, unless they shoot like me, going to shoot that gun one time. They're going to spend one shell a season. So to spend, you know, 50 or or $100 on a box of shotgun shells that's going to last them five to ten years, not that bad of an investment. Not that bad of an investment. You're yeah. right. And it's like Jeff said, is a good insurance policy. And and those tungsten shells, if you can find those commercially, they're the deal. From what I have seen, it's some pretty impressive patterns. When you look at the amount of shot that comes out of a number nine shot loaded shell compared to a number six of a factory load, it's crazy really eye-opening stuff and just what we talked about you're able to get down and shoot those smaller gauges and smaller bore shotguns so that's cool a 410 and a 28 gauge that's pretty impressive so what as far as what's your typical range on with a 28 i mean how how comfortable were you shooting 20 yards i try and get everything 20 yards i pattern those guns but Again, with the with the technology today, and and I mean it's the ballistics, and and I tell you what, I mean you talk about damaging a bird. Twenty two yards, I shot with that four ten at a tom down here in Osceola, and just 
pulverized him. I mean, I it, it I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I literally I looked at the shell and and just and I had the gun in my hand. If somebody would have shown that that bird, I would have bet my bottom penny that there was no possible way a 410 could have done that. Yeah. You know, so it's out there and you know the new frontier, the new fun is to all these guys are carrying 20 gauges now with the with the extended loads and the uh, the chokes and the sights and all the stuff cuz you're saving a few pounds of packing around mm-hmm. a smaller gun and to say, "Hey, look what I did with the 20 gauge." You know, it's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really come a long way over the past shoot we can even say five years but it's amazing how far it's come in 20 years oh my gosh it's a different world for sure yep so very good well jeff i want to thank you for opening up your home to me i appreciate your hospitality and appreciate the meals and it was a pleasure meeting your family and getting to know them better i appreciate that and any of you guys listening to this jeff is booked for this coming spring you know i've already talked about that but if you've got osceola that you need to mark off the list i think you're gonna there's some great guys out there that do osceolas but i might be a little bit biased a little bit partial because i kind of like jeff i think you're gonna have a hard time finding somebody nicer to help you out to help you mark that one off the list if you want some help and you know if you think you want to tackle it on a public land hunt I'm not saying that he will help you, but he's got a lot of information that you might be able to pick his brain about. So, Jeff, tell them how they can find you if they want to find you. Yeah, Andy, it's been a pleasure. It's always nice, you know, when we all see each other at different shows and we talk together. We've talked several times on the phone, but until you're with somebody and you hang out with them for a few days and we haven't got to hunt together, which I'm sure is going to come soon, but it's been a pleasure as well. And, you know, it's fun talking turkey. I mean, we've been talking for a couple of days and it it just went like a, instantly, you know, and a lot of fun and, and it's my lifeblood. I, I love it. And down here and, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I bet I might have a couple spots for spring of 18, but you can Google Jeff Buds B-U-D-Z or social is Jeff S. Buds or my website is tag it worldwide, T-A-G-I-T worldwide. Big thing, got a couple spots left for a Grand Slam hunt. If anybody wants their own single season Grand Slam, I do a, you come to Florida and you get, it's I think $8,800. So $2,200 if you wanted to put a price on a bird. But what you're paying for is is you're paying for getting your Grand Slam. Um, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. You're going to get your Grand Slam. You're going to do it in two trips because time is more valuable to most of us. But you come into Orlando. We hunt just south of Orlando, slam dunk, get a Osceola, and then drive to North Florida, drive to Georgia in the spring. It's about the same distance. I have two really good honey holes, but you get your Eastern in one, four, maybe a five-day trip. Let's call it a four-day trip. That's in late in third, fourth week of March. And then you come out the first week of May. I pick you up in Denver. And you we drive five and a half hours or so, go to either northern Nebraska or South Dakota, get a Miriam, pop down to northern Kansas, five hours, get a Rio, and get back five hours to Denver. So it's three five-hour legs of driving. But again, in four days, you're going to get so two four-day trips, so eight days total, you're going to get your Grand Slam, single-season Grand Slam of Tom's, true-blooded, all four species, no hybrids, and, you know, I'm pretty excited. I just, 
I get so excited about, you know, the the, the, the rage of, of everybody chasing their Grand Slam. And now, you know, guys, is the Super Slam and getting out there. And as Andy said, I mean, I'm not going to give anybody the tree where to go in public ground, but there's a lot of information out there. And I have no problem sharing some information with guys pointing them the way to where to go on how basics on how to. Um, I do a little writing with the NWTF. There's there's a lot of information out there. Andy and I have been working on some stuff just the last couple of days, which you'll hear about soon, which is exciting. But just get out there and get them. For one, one slam, you got to get your Osceola. Oh, gosh, it's the 28th right now, so probably won't hear this, but the month of November was the, the time period to put in for your draw permit for Florida. There's free tags given away every year. So there's your Osceola, because I'm going to sell out regardless. I don't care. I want everybody to get a Grand Slam, and there's some guys that can't pay a couple thousand dollars for a os- guided Osceola right. hunt. Yeah. So there's there's incredible opportunities on state ground for draw, limited opportunity, quota hunts. There's walk-in places, but just get out there and get in the woods, get in your own backyard. Everybody, every state has turkeys, some more than less, some you have to travel less than the others, and more, some more, but anyway, there's a ton of birds. Just get out there and get after them. Yeah, and we've talked about this. You know, part of the fun, and it's a large part of the fun, is doing the research and planning these hunts yourself, you know, and it, and it's it makes squeezing the trigger on a turkey when you did everything yourself, it makes it so sweet to know that you've been successful on that hunt because of the hard work and the research and the the leg work without working your legs that you can do on the computer and that kind of thing these days. And so for Jeff to give you the tree, and he would never give you the tree, but for Jeff to give you that tree to sit down on doesn't do you any good. I mean, it, it is taking away a good bit of that fun yeah, on a public you'd, land hunt. You'd say, oh, great, but it would taint... It would take something away from the hunt. Mark my words, it would take something away. If, if that's the kind of guy you are, not taking anything away from anybody that has has sure. to go with all four guided birds, but if that's your what your realm is, is in doing the work and getting out there, it wouldn't mean as much. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Fantastic. Well, there are a lot of opportunities in Florida, and they're not, I don't think they're very well advertised. You know, Florida, Florida is, when it comes to Osceola's, is, it seems like that black hole of information but i think it's because of what it used to be 10 or 15 years ago before the internet was there and all that information was out there on the internet for us but you've pointed them in a good direction if they want to do a public land bird if they want to do a private land guided or semi-guided hunt you do semi-guided as well don't you oh yeah most of most of my hunts are i put them up i show them the property have the blinds and the feeders and the guy wants to do it himself and he's out there yeah i do very few fully guide like sitting a guide sitting myself or somebody else sitting next to next to the person and i'll be very blunt i'm not with any of these guys i mean when i do my grand slam my single season grand slam guys I will do six of those. I've got a couple more openings for 2018, but those are the only guys that I'm that I promise that I'll be with for their birds. But I, I just I don't have enough bandwidth and time. And yeah. I mean I've got camps and properties spread all over four counties, and I've got some incredible people helping. And as anybody businessman, you can't do anything if you don't have some great people helping you. You can't be very successful. They love the woods. They love turkey. They eat, sleep, and breathe it. And they're great extensions of myself and my operation i'm really proud to have good good guys that i do yeah awesome man awesome well thank you again i do appreciate it and 
extend my hand for a handshake. Thank my you. pleasure. Looking forward to working with you on this and uh, hopefully one or two things in the future. Exactly. My pleasure. Good deal. Thank you. You know, I often say that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are killers and there's everybody else. Jeff Buds is a killer of wild turkeys, that is. I thoroughly enjoyed my time spent with Jeff and his family. They were so gracious and kind. And to the ladies in Jeff's life, Kenna, Jenna, and Jenny, I hope to see all of you ladies in Nashville in a couple of months. Now, for the rest of you, be sure to take Jeff's advice and just get out there after them. It is not too late to plan an out-of-state hunt for spring of 2018 or even to do more and better planning for hunting your home state's spring turkey season in 2018. Okay, so next up, I want to share a little turkey hunting news with you guys. For all of you hunters in Idaho, now is the time to speak up and let your voice be heard about a possible increase in your spring and fall bag limits from one bird to two birds per season. Whether you are for or against the increase, there will be several open house meetings held across the state in December and written comments so you can write a letter telling the state about your feelings about the proposed increase and those need to be mailed by 1213. Now you can go online to idfg.idaho.gov comment after December 1st for more details on the proposals. The next story. A Minnesota doctor last week was found guilty of assault in the third degree for a turkey hunting accident where he accidentally shot someone, another hunter. But the issue here was not just the good doctor shooting someone. It's that he had him a few drinks before he went out turkey hunting that day. And apparently the doctor heard a sound that resembled a turkey and discharged his 12-gauge shotgun in that direction and hit another hunter who was working a turkey call. The man that he shot had 16 shotgun pellet wounds, of which one of those pellets was lodged in the tissue of the man's heart. So as part of the good doctor's sentence, he was sentenced to one year in probation and is not allowed to have a firearm or consume or have any alcohol in his possession for one year. He also was fined $1,000, ordered to pay $12,000 in restitution, $139 in court cost, and $330 in probation costs along with a drug and alcohol test for 60 bucks. The doctor is also required to attend one community support group meeting each week and perform 50 hours of community service as well. And Doc had his hunting permits revoked for the next year as well. So not only is the doctor suffering financial ramifications from this accident and legal ramifications from this accident, but he also gets to live with knowing that he had a few drinks, went out hunting, and he shot another man. Hardly seems worth it, doesn't it? You know, as I go through these news articles, I'm really seeing more and more a huge disparity 
across the country in our wild turkey populations. So many of these stories that I see are related to turkey hunting harvest numbers being down in many states. And then the very next article that I run across is talking about how the turkey populations are flourishing in some states and the turkeys are becoming a nuisance in those areas. And now there are, I know, some very good biological reasons that this is happening and probably it has more to do with weather during the nesting and brood rearing season than anything else. But if your state is one of those states where the turkey population is suffering, then now's a good time to broaden your horizons a little bit and get out there and actually hunt turkeys in some other states. Some of these states that are having some issues with nuisance turkeys and go try them out and see what the hunting is like in other areas. It's very eye-opening. And it's a heck of a lot of fun, too. So that's it. That's all that I've got for you guys today. But before I turn you loose, I'm going to ask you for one favor. And that one favor is this. If you would, please share and like this week's episode on Facebook and retweet and like the post for this week's show on Twitter as well. That is huge for me. It helps to spread word about the show, and it gives them the opportunity to listen to it as well. So that's much appreciated by me if you'll take time to do that. And coming up next week, I hope to have the rest of the gentlemen who are running for the NWTF National Board of Directors on for their interviews so we can learn a little bit about them as well to decide if we want to vote for them. So I was not able to get them on the show this week, mainly because of the holiday, but I've been having some problems tracking some of them down as well. And I know that I'll have at least one more interview for you next week from those gentlemen, and hopefully I'll be able to get the rest of them on then as well. So That's all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.